Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You. Today, I have not only a dear friend, but someone who is a very, very accomplished professional, Mr. G. Raghavan. Raghavan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashtar. Raghavan is from IIM Ahmedabad. He's the former president of Carrier, the former president of NIIT, and the former managing director of Indra Micro. And he's currently moved tracks and he's the CEO of Bharatiya Urban, which is a real estate company. And very interestingly, he's a marathoner and a fellow golfer. So Raghavan, tell me a little bit about uh, your early life and some of the early, early milestones in your life. Well, I've always reflected on those things, Ashutosh. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about them. You know, I come from a fairly middle-class family. My father was a railway servant. My mother was a housewife. All of fifth grade passed my mother. And uh, my father went to job when he just finished 10th standard in just five years of schooling. And everything that he did was completely self-made all the way to graduation and things like that. So he was a completely self-made man. My mother was a very, very human touch and feel. So I kind of learned from both of them. And the application of yourself in education was the only thing to do. So I think I did uh, well. My entire siblings did well in education. So they finally saw me into IM Ahmedabad. Now, fast-tracking to a career, I think one of the things that I always wanted to do was to be out in the field. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not a headquarters, chart preparing kind of guy. So I always insisted, I fought with my bosses, always want to be up in the front, meeting with the customers, meeting with the dealers, meeting with my staff, and really touching and feeling how sales and value creation happens on the ground level. So I would say that early year, the challenges, if I have to look at it, the challenges were, how do you apply what you have learned? How do you apply the rigor of the concepts? in an environment where you are surrounded by seniors who have grown up the ranks without really ticking them off. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it calls for a fine balance of being true to yourself as to what you have learned, mm-hmm. at the same time getting things done. So these are kind of the challenges. Uh, that one. Very interesting. So let's move to your journey in, uh, in, ca- you know, uh, in air conditioning with Carrier. That's when I first met you. And I still use the Toshiba air conditioners that you asked me to install. So you can see how loyal I am. But, you know, when you started off in career, air conditioners were a luxury. Today, they've become a necessity. How have you seen the air conditioning market evolve and change over the years? Actually, Ashutosh, the air conditioning has always been a necessity, except that people were not able to express their necessity into real purchase. The real switch happened in the Indian industry when the government at one point of time stopped looking at air conditioning as a sin product, mm-hmm. you know, these words are common these days, but those days they implied it to be a sin or a luxury. Mm-hmm. And then they taxed it very heavily. Mm-hmm. I recollect that at some points of time, that about 60% of the 100 rupees paid by every customer was going straight to the government. Right. And this is even before taxes on the profits. Mm-hmm. So when the government changed from a specific duty to an ad valorem duty mm-hmm. is when the real costs of air conditioning came down. Mm-hmm. And with the 1991 reforms, when the commerce uh, you know, really took off and the industrial growth happened, along with that, the air conditioning industry grew. But in any case, nowhere near the international levels you know, that we know. So policy interventions, availability of power, and overall cost becoming lesser multiple of an annual salary 
where causes when the air conditioning industry started growing we have a long way to go though and you know when you look at uh, china for example i mean i remember when i was with itc we moved to calcutta and at you know it used to be very very hot and all that we could afford was a cooler till i was about in 28 or 29 and i was promoted and i was entitled to a second hand ac and you know that that was a big thing but i couldn't afford, afford to pay for the monthly bills of electricity because that was expensive and yet someone was used to tell me in fact your former boss mr shubhrat lahiri used to tell me that you know when he used to go to china every apartment had a had an ac that was not the case here what really drove the air conditioning market or the sale of air conditioners in some markets and not in others i think china is a very very interesting experience you have a lot of experience in china yourself basically the the cost to a person's uh, earnings mm-hmm. were a very comfortable relationship mm. not an order of magnitude of multiples that you see even today in india mm. how were the costs kept low mm. two things one is scale mm. the scale of chinese factories for anything is humongous Correct. between a large and a humongous size mm. second productivity mm. productivity today i would even very without batting an eyelid i can say productivity in china of chinese labor is probably three times that of any best run factories in india wow. i would say wow. right so you're talking about that so these two things are very very critical to be able to manufacture in large scale with mm. high productivity and low cost it's also true that low cost was also supported by you know cost of money cost of investments which the government in some form or the other you know really helped out the industry so the total cost of incident incidence of cost to the consumers were always low Mm. so i think these plus we should not forget that china started growing in economic terms much earlier than india Correct. ever did Correct. so we should not forget that in for investment in infrastructure investment in the industry mm. led to a lot of growth a lot of affluence mm. so people were able to reach out to using products like air conditioning or good cars and mm. stuff like that very interesting so you know after career you you had an interesting stint with niit talk to me about that stint Oh that was an amazingly uh, new experience for me it was a b2c product as well as a b2g product and it was education education delivery is a very important point unlike other products where you deliver you transfer of the title happens and you're done with it hmm. education is a de- product that is getting delivered over a period of time bit by bit hmm. synchronous with the capacity of the learner to absorb so it's a completely new game i learned a lot of things in niit i think the founders of niit both raji vijay uh, raju these are great men of phenomenal caliber and uh, standing right and they took me uh, completely from a different industry gave me the opportunity to run and gave me a lot of free hand so it was a very very good experience i think uh, i did a few things which are significant there both in terms of expansion of products mm-hmm. expansion of the geographical market opportunities and also towards the latter part when the industry structures and the demand patterns changed we also changed strategically the product offerings to customers we went to segments where the market was growing and reduced the dependence on segments where the market was slowing down okay. and one of the last things i did in nit was also to 
take the courses into completely online. There mm-hmm. are many courses completely online, what we call as a cloud campus initiative, mm-hmm. where we could take, we prepared the organization for being able to offer courses mm-hmm. online. Those days through satellite controlled uh, remote classrooms. Yeah. Today we can just switch on a Zoom and we are there. Yeah. But all these functions were there 12 years back in MIT when we offered these courses online. So mm-hmm. very, very interesting uh, tenure. I would say reasonably successful, mm-hmm. phenomenal exposure to me. I think I contributed to NIIT as well. Terrific. So let's move to your current role. You know, I mean, I always marvel at how you've moved from a consumer durable like an air conditioner to uh, education to uh, Ingram Micro, which was, I think, a lot of electronic parts and distribution, and now to real estate. So let's talk real estate. You know, you've been in this role for almost five, six years. You know, you relocated from Gurga, moved to Bangalore. Over the last six years, how have you seen real estate change? I would say that real estate industry, first of all, I've been there nearly, it's coming up for seven years, Ashutosh, since they left uh, your neighborhood (laughs) in Gurgaon. I know. So uh, I think the real estate industry over the last three, four years has been interrupted with a few developments. Hmm. The Real Estate Regulation Act, which is a phenomenal act for protecting consumer rights. Then the GST was another impactful event in the life of every industry, but definitely for... uh, the real estate industry, mm. and third, of course, the demonetization, right? Uh, people always think that, uh, you know, uh, real estate industry is known for black money, but I want to say that real estate industry has always been a destination mm. for cash. Mm. It's not always been the perpetuator of cash, you know? Right. So people should really understand that mm. the criminals are not from the real estate industry. It's <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> On a lighter note, that knowing you, I, I know it cannot be uh, true at all. <laughs> it can be no criminal you. as far as you're concerned. <laughs> Thank you, Ajitra. Very nice of you. So I think these things have been there. So the industry has been kind of adjusting. Every time something else comes in, has been adjusting. In the meanwhile, of course, the commercial real estate has been growing very well with the advent of lots of companies setting up their offices and back offices in the country. The commercial offices, commercial office market has been growing very well. The, the, the individual residential market also has been growing, except in the last two, three years, both the economic factors leading to office and commercial establishments growth mm. has been a little bit subdued. Mm. <clears throat> the residential market also has been subdued because of, you know, uh, because of the same kind of pressures that apply in the commercial space. So it's been uh, subdued, but the important point about the real estate industry is it's very, the residential market will never go away. Right. All the reasons why people bought a home have not gone away. Mm. Every year, so many young people are getting married and six years, eight years later, the same people are wanting to look at homes. Mm. So this is not going to go away. The fundamentals are not going away. It's just a matter of temporary ups and downs. <laughs> the commercial one is a different ball game. Mm. Uh, it all depends on the government policies and the economic development and how India is considered a more favorable destination than competitors uh, around the world. So it's this all going to determine how the industry is growing. So, you know, Bharatiya Urban, uh, the company that you lead now, is primarily in, uh, in residential, isn't it? No, we are a completely mixed-use uh, development, Ashutosh. We do residences. We do office spaces in IT park. Mm-hmm. Then we have a retail mall, which we'll be inaugurating in the next few months. Okay. 
we have a school that we have opened uh, just this year this academic year not a great time to open a school but we did open a school okay. and we are also going, we are having a five star hotel leela hotel okay. the second leela hotel in bangalore is in bharatiya city which okay. is going to be inaugurated in the next few months so it's a mixed use development okay so tell me you know my question to you is you know you mentioned just now that a lot of young people are buying or looking at buying real in their own homes you know i'm from a different age group a different vintage it used to be very very difficult for people at my salary level to buy a home so i i used to aspire to buy a home but i couldn't afford it today i find young people can buy a home but they prefer to rent how do how do you, you know, i would love to get your thoughts on this sure but before before you say anything more hmm. ashutosh i been to the watering hole in your house many times the house that you have now in your drawing room we can have a soccer team practice so <laughs> congratulations much later in life <laughs> <laughs> yes. well i think there's always a conflict between yield and ownership right why only talk of homes not only homes in everything there has been a distinction that has come about between ownership and usership people believe that they can use things even if they don't own them mm-hmm. that applies to homes as well especially when the yields are not that great home buying is a very complex uh, phenomenon you know it just only one angle is an investment angle investment angle used to be great because there used to be yield and appreciation Correct. combined yield was much better now the appreciation bit is slowly vanished therefore people who used to invest as a product have reduced substantially so that demand has gone down and therefore that demand reduction also affects the price point mm. but to the youngsters i would say that pure financially speaking yields don't justify investing correct however financial aspect is only one of the many vectors to look at this decision for all you know youngsters they should use it like a forced saving mm. you know it's a very very important habit to develop saving second is when you are able to have a target of a certain home and you are able to save then at the end of those so many years you have a solid asset on your side also people tend to be very emotional about a roof over their head concept many many people even in this uh, even this lockdown ashutosh i should say that we have been selling a lot of homes mm. lot of homes in some cases in fact in the more expensive category during the lockdown surprisingly the number of people looking at more expensive homes has increased compared to the previous 6 months so it's a complex decision making pure investment will have a tough time justifying but if you look at all other factors people are still buying homes and they should not give up just because the yields are low they should go ahead and buy a home it's something to have so let me now ask you one more question before i move to uh, the next section you work for multinationals like carrier you worked for indian companies that have gone overseas indian multinational like nit now you are working for indian companies what do you see is the similarity in culture and where do you think these companies are need to make changes to their own uh, you know way of working see i worked for both indian companies and multinational companies as you correctly said uh, indian companies publicly listed as well as privately held uh multinational companies as you know well i've worked across uh, various geographies i think the similarity is in the ambition of the companies that i work for they are always wanting to grow faster make more, more profits 
become number one and uh, valuation to be high. So those things are uh, pretty common. But I think the Indian companies and the multinational companies differ in more respects than they are similar to each other. I would say that uh, multinational corporations are able to see scale. They're able to visualize scale. Therefore, when you visualize scale, they look at absolute scale, absolute size and absolute numbers. And therefore, they don't bother about small expenses or pockets of inefficiency. They don't want to bother about those potholes on the road. They are flying. Whereas Indian companies tend to take each line item of expenditure, each small issues and small setbacks a lot more seriously than their ambition for scale can afford. So these are, this is a very significant difference. The second thing I would say is uh, the commitment to processes and systems is highly institutionalized in multinational corporations. And they find ways and means to make them present, make them live. Indian companies many of them. I mean, whatever I'm saying is looking like a sweeping statement on both the sides. There are exceptions on both the sides, as you can well see. But Indian companies tend to look at systems and processes and adopt them only when it is convenient. They don't mind deviating from it. Mm. Only thing they differ is who are the people they are willing to allow to deviate. Mm. Okay. Right? That is the kind of thing. And there's a lot of individual dependence in the case of Indian companies they don't necessarily go by the roles, they go by individuals, whereas multinational corporations are surrendered to the concept of roles, expectation of accountability from them, and deal with it as such. Very interesting. So moving on, you know, uh, my next question to you is on second innings. You know, you and I have often discussed that most of us, and I'm older than you, but you know, we are similar vintage. By a whisker, Ashutosh. Don't by a whisker. try to make yourself... <laughs> Well, maybe my gray hair is more than so. Also. <laughs> but what I'm what, what the question I wanted to ask you was that most of us will end up spending almost 30, 35 years post 60, which makes our working life almost equal to our post 60 life. Yet, I'm sure you have seen it. I've seen it with a lot of friends. Nobody prepares for life after 60. You seem to have done it much better than a lot of others. What in your opinion is the time when one should start looking at the next stage of life and what are you doing that is different? Well, this is a very broad question and I don't think uh, I have all the answers, but I can share with you my frame of thinking. I think the preparation starts much earlier than the D-date. It is only when you suddenly arrive at the D-date and suddenly find that you need to be prepared. That is when people get into shocks. Life is very organic. It doesn't happen in clinical, you know, cut and dried manner. Right. So it's important to start thinking, number one. Number two, unlike when we started thinking about our careers many years ago, this is not about looking at life as a career, but looking at it as life. What would you enjoy doing? Mm. What would you, who would you like to be working with? Because it's a very important matter. During our professional careers, Ashutosh, you know better than I do, we are put up with bosses whom we don't want to work for. We are put up with colleagues whom we don't want to work for. But when we go into this life, we have the choice. Yeah. We should really work with people and do things that we really like to do. The most important thing I find is that there are two things which are very important. One is that we should be very sharp in the value that we will give. 
it is about giving it is about giving therefore the value that we give is very very critical the second thing is we should learn to live without the trappings of a business card and the driver opening your door are everybody recognizing you are people inviting you for cocktails you have no intention to go to it's internal one has to feel comfortable with yourself that you are not the person who were propped up by those things but you are yourself the whole idea of brand called you that you are creating is about letting people know their own individual value if you are able to realize that and act accordingly that transition will be seamless very interesting very interesting well said So I have time for a few personal questions for you now. Sure. My first question is, where do you draw your inspiration from? Actually, Ashutosh, I am a product of benevolence of so many people. Mm-hmm. People who have given me opportunities and people who have taught me a hell of a lot. It's never a one block of life. It's all lots of segments. At every stage, I have learned from somebody or the other. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of introspection. If ever I write a book for which I'll come to you for guidance, one of the biggest chapters will be one of gratitude. I'm I I I am grateful, and I have to be grateful for lots of people in my life. So, my inspiration comes from observing what somebody whom I admire does and learn from them, and try to do it in my own way. So it's been a lot of lot of people, a lot of people. Wonderful. My next question to you is that if you were a role model to millions of children who closely followed your life choices what would be the one thing you would change in yourself <laughs> See one of the things that I always felt Ashutosh is I should have had a second life second second uh, life what I mean thereby is nothing of the mischievous kind that people could think but other kind where work is work you have to be busy with something else that is your passion correct study is study but you got to be doing something else now that i really did not do enough for example i started running my marathons only 5 and 1/2 years back i always wish oh jesus christ if i had started many years ago so many places i have traveled so many places i would have run and enjoyed so i think people should always have something in addition to what constitutes their main day Interesting. So that, in fact, you've given me an interesting segue to my next question. What does running do for you? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic, and it gives me a purpose to get up very early. I mean, I was never an early riser, you know, mm-hmm. but now I don't mind jumping out of the bed at five or four thirty. Sometimes for marathons, I get up at three thirty. It 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 gets you there. It makes you be. responsible throughout the running period it's not just about run day anything is uh, you know like they say when somebody wins a gold medal in a olympics that is only one instance but it is the life preceding that that has been very important so for me running makes me get up from bed running gives me a reason to stay healthy running has reduced quite a bit of my appetite for alcohol i should say i drink a lot less these days and you know one generally likes to be fit i between the running days i i work out and stay fit mm, fantastic so my last question to you you know and this relates to the pandemic you know five and a half months of the lockdown we don't know how long we will this will continue 
how are you thinking of your own life and your work in the new world order i think this pandemic has been a reset for people to stop pause think it's done the same thing to me i have decided that there will be few things that i should choose uh, happily not to do and there will be a few things in which i'll spend more time on and there will be new things which i will try out that has given me joy during this period of time these are the things i'm thinking of but i don't really think okay i may be i may be a little bit of an odd uh, ball in this whole game but i really don't think that we'll have a substantial difference okay. to post covid life to most people than what they are seeing today some things will come to stay which have helped them improve their efficiency or lead a you know happy life that will they'll stay but habits that have been born out of fear those habits will go away okay because the fear will go away very good so rakhun thank you so much it's been such a pleasure connecting with you again and talking to you today i think thousands and thousands of people are going to watch your and my conversation and will learn a lot thank you again ashutosh thank you very much for this opportunity i know that uh, we couldn't do it earlier but i appreciate your uh, staying on the course and uh, getting me onto this it's a pleasure to meet you as a friend and it's a pleasure to see you as someone who's creating this phenomenal uh, phenomenal value for uh, several thousands of people thank, thank you very much thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you